This is Triple H 100.1 FM with Ian Stewart. Good afternoon and welcome to Rotary Matters. Today we're going to continue our exploration of Rotary, what it is, some of the good work that it does and how Rotarians and non-Rotarians can get involved. Now we call the programme Rotary Matters because as you're going to find out over the next hour, Rotary impacts many lives, many causes and many concerns locally and all over the world. Today's main story concerns a very heartwarming project. It's called Shamida Bright Vision, and it's changing lives and providing hope for some very disadvantaged children and marginalised women in Addis Ababa, the capital of Ethiopia, in Africa. Shamida is supported by Barara Rotary Club and is the initiative of Australian Karen Kendall, who is with me in the studio. Also with me is Cathy Kendall. It's a great story and we're going to hear more about it in a few minutes. But look, if you haven't heard this program before, let me give you a quick refresher about Rotary, which is a worldwide organisation set up over 100 years ago to foster the idea of service as a basis of worthy enterprise, service above self. Around the world, there are 1.2 million members, 35,000 Rotary Clubs in 220 countries. So it's a relatively large organisation. Here in Australia, uh, we've got 30,000 Rotarians, 1,100 clubs, and there's another 270 over in New Zealand. Here in the catchment area for this station, Triple H, we have 10 Rotary Clubs, though as our signal does go beyond Hornsby and Karingai, the number is certainly higher. Most clubs will meet once a week and they devote their time to a range of very worthy local, regional and international community service projects. So you're going to find Rotarians fighting disease, providing clean water, sanitation and hygiene, saving mothers and children, supporting education, growing local economies and promoting peace. So locally you might see Rotarians gathering around and distributing gifts at Christmas to the housebound elderly. You might meet a student here who's on exchange from overseas. Or you might find Rotarians running a fundraising event focusing on sending emergency shelter boxes to help communities overseas which have been devastated by natural disaster. Shamida Bright Vision Ethiopia is a great example of Rotary's international impact. We're going to hear about that in a moment. Welcome back to Rotary Matters. It's Ian Stewart here. Good afternoon. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about Shamida Bright Vision, a project in Ethiopia. Our guest in the studio today is Karen Kendall, but also Kathy Kendall, who, if you're a keen listener, you would have heard speaking about this project earlier this year. So, welcome, uh, ladies. Thank you. Thanks Thank for having you. us. Thanks. Right. Thank you for coming back. Let's just establish first Ethiopia. For those that don't know, can you just fix it for us, like kind of where it is and the size, the population, and something about the socioeconomic situation over there? Sure. It's in East Africa, and mm-hmm. it's... Land size is approximately that of Adelaide, or of um, yeah, of Adelaide, South Australia. South Australia. Of South Australia. So, sorry, of South Australia. Yeah. And but its population is that of Australia. So it's like four times oh, the population. Well, my of sister Australia. probably sorry. knows more. No, 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 that's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> sorry. Because no. I reckon most people, uh, and I'm included, in that would not have been to Ethiopia. We've got a vague idea that it's somewhere over in East Africa, but to know that it's the size of South Australia with a population of Australia. With a uh, four times, of four times Australia. Australia. So you're talking about 80 million, 80, uh, over 100 million. Over 100 million. Wow. So, um, and what's it like uh, socioeconomically? Is it a advanced um, ec- economy? Uh, it's. It, I would say it's the. 
fastest growing economy for a third world country in Africa. That's obviously my layman's opinion, mm-hmm. but there is a lot of growth going on there at the moment. We have a new prime minister who's just come in and making a lot of really positive changes to the country. Right, right. Um, but say compared, uh, what's the standard of living, for example, compared to us here in, in the West? In it's Australia? a third world country. It's a third it's, world country. Yeah, yeah. even um, for me, like I, I live in a fairly normal house, a normal three bedroom house, but the power goes out constantly, the water, I don't know if there's going to be water. So there are, um, I guess, things that I get used to that I would see as normal, but for Western standards, it's definitely not a normal living situation. And uh, the word coffee springs to mind. Oh, yes. Um, uh, but <laughs> the, what, what else is, is from Ethiopia that we should well, know Well, they, they actually do a lot of leather exports leather. as well. As, um, but yeah, but coffee would definitely be their largest export. Okay. Um, we'll come to leather a little later on because okay. isn't Harvest Ethiopia? Yes, they are. Well, actually, why don't you just kind of tell us quickly about Harvest Ethiopia? Why Harvest Ethiopia is an organisation that's set up, it's run by actually people in America, but they set it up to um, empower women, empower some women, get some uh, women off the streets and teach them to sew. And then they took those bags and took them back to the States and um, are selling them online from an online but, presence but this is there. Leather. This is leather. This is leather. Local Ethiopian Local leather. Local Ethiopian leather. They don't kill the animal for the leather they kill the animals to eat the animals it's a food it's a you know it's what they what they eat and so that leather nothing goes to waste in Ethiopia mm-hmm. nothing goes mm-hmm. to waste mm-hmm. so that leather is then bought and cured obviously and gone and you know it's a process that it goes through and then the they make bags out of the leather and they send them and a percentage of the profits come to support Shemida. Okay, well, can I come to Shemida in just a minute? But just sure. going back to Ethiopia generally, what's the standard of, of um, health care in Ethiopia? I w- it's a very low standard very of healthcare. Low. Yeah, I mean, we do have some some facilities that are great. Those facilities cost a lot of money. The facilities that are free for the for the general population, I guess, or the people that don't earn a large living, the standard of healthcare is not that great at all. Like we had one child in um, a oh, public in- hospital. Mm-hmm. And she had just had some major surgery on her brain. And as I looked up, as I was holding her after the surgery, there was water dripping from the ceiling and probably a, a metre circumference of mould growing on the ceiling in the ICU ward in the, where, the, where she had just come out of some pretty major brain surgery. Wow. Okay, so they've got a long way to go if they want to meet, match what we're doing here absolutely. In, in the West. Yeah, Okay, absolutely. so you've got a, a big country with a huge population. It's a developing country. The standard of, of healthcare by our standards is relatively low. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, uh, it's a country, Karen, that, that attracted you. Just background for us, if you would, how you came to be... Uh, involved in in Ethiopia? I was actually working in Dubai. Um, I was working in Sydney and then applied for a job in Dubai and got a job in Dubai in the legal field and then went on to adopt my daughter who was born in Ethiopia. Um, So I adopted her and took her back to Dubai to live with me for a few years but realised in all my trips between Dubai and Addis Ababa that the huge need that there was for something to be done in Ethiopia and just couldn't it, I, I just couldn't go back to Dubai and do nothing about what I had seen. I couldn't unsee what I had seen. So we're talking here about uh, daughter Ruby. Yes. And what age is she now? She just turned seven. Mm-hmm. So yes, a very sassy. So when you first old. met her, she was how old? She was six weeks old when six I first weeks. met her. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. So you had backwards and forwards between Dubai and Addis Ababa. Yes. And finally made the decision to 
return permanently to Addis Ababa. I made that decision about um, on about my third trip to visit my daughter had not even finalised the adoption but knew that I would end up back there and then it was just a matter of trying to work out what I should do and a friend of mine who I'd met who was driving me around and helping with the adoption process looked at me and said well it has to be a children's home of course it has to be a children's home that you open and I foolishly went okay and, and, <laughs> I'll do and, that <laughs> and had you had any background in opening nothing, children's homes nothing <laughs> <laughs> hadn't even had a background as a mother at that stage right. <laughs> so but you had enthusiasm yeah you, you saw you saw a need definite there was a definite need for it there was a definite need for the children's home and so now let's be clear about the children we're talking about are these uh, children without uh, orphans children? they're orphaned or abandoned or vulnerable children abandoned yes a lot of I would say that um, 90% of the orphans in Ethiopia are orphaned because of abandonment. And whether that's because of poverty or because of illness, um, it's, you know, this is the reason why they find themselves um, in the government orphanage. So they were in a government orphanage and yes. then they come to you. Yes. Okay, let's talk about the you. We're okay. talking about Shemida. What, yes. what does the word Shemida actually mean? It's actually the name of a little girl who had a cleft lip and palate um, and she died basically because if you don't feed children with cleft lip and palates carefully enough the food will just run out of their nose and so they so she'd basically starved and so we called it Shemida to remind us daily of why we do this and it's more than just providing a home for children it's providing them with all you know with their education with their health needs and with love we're talking this afternoon with Karen Kendall and her sister Kathy is also in the studio with me about a very heartwarming project in Addis Ababa. It's called Shemida Bright Vision. We now know why it's called what it is. Uh, describe for us, if you would, Karen, what does, what does it physically look like, the premises out of which your operation is conducted? Look, it looks like a typical three-bedroom home with um, some space underneath it, which I would say like a basement-type area. It's on a bit of a hill, so um, the kids have a great time riding like their bikes modern, down the hill. A modern-day um, modern, modern home for Ethiopia, I would say it's probably about 40 or 50 years old, the home. Mm -hmm. So it's still, you know, we have there's running water inside and it's a you know it's a, a decent home it just and so did you buy it or did you no rent it? we're renting it we oh, are looking okay. to buy something yes but at the moment we still we still have to rent so walking in through the front door what am i likely to see well you can't actually get in through the front door we've oh. cut we've closed that <laughs> off so that we can make more room for the kids to run around right. you'd come in through the kitchen where the staff where the bottle preparation is going on and where the staff and most nine out of ten times there's one staff member having a coffee in there and then you'll walk into the lounge room to the left which then you are overrun with about 34 children from the age of uh, six months to 15 years <laughs> <laughs> it must be chaos it is very much chaos and when noisy. you walk in there it yeah. is there can uh, but i'm also every day i'm amazed when i go there and i find they the nannies will have any number of 10 to 15 of the kids laying on like we managed to bring back a whole lot of soft mats with us so the floor's covered in soft mats but they will have anywhere up to upward of 15 kids laying on the floor asleep they'll just line them up after lunch and they'll get them all in for a nap and so they you know i've had volunteers come before and stare and go that's not going to work and i go it does <laughs> so so these are children that are residential I mean, yes they're living they live with us so uh, for, for how long can they expect to stay in your care they'll stay they um 
we're only legally obliged to have them live with us until the age of 18. We we have bigger plans because we don't, we're obviously not going to go, oh, sorry, you can't walk and you're in a wheelchair. Here's $20, you know, good luck with that. Mm. So we want to build facilities. We want to we want to get land and build like a purpose-built home and we want to build facilities so that... Um, so that these kids can then, you know, go on to university and come back and work with us or if they don't have the ability to go to school because of some disability that they can, we can train them to be gardeners. We can train them to, to work so that they have a sense of value and a sense of importance and we do call it the Shemitah family and so that these kids, you know, we make sure that these kids all have some sort of um, chore, I guess you would say, some sort of role in it because I think that they all need to contribute to the family. So the disabilities that you're dealing with um, include cerebral palsy, yes. spina bifida, hydrocephalus and HIV. And so microcephalus and prune belly syndrome and we have some kids with colostomy bags. My goodness. Well, in a moment I'm going to ask you to just tell us a little bit more about the services that you provide at Shemita Bright Vision. Welcome back to Rotary Matters. It's Ian Stewart here. My guests this afternoon are Karen and Kathy Kendall. Uh, Karen is the... Um, initiator of this wonderful project in Ethiopia, an orphanage, a refuge for uh, disadvantaged and disabled children. We spoke a moment ago about some of the uh, disabilities that uh, people can suffer there. But Karen, um, at a day-to-day level, uh, maybe you're in charge, but you must have other people helping you. I do. We have 38 staff that help us over two locations. So we have um, a project director, we have a social worker, we have a nurse, we have one of our nannies training to be a nurse, so she's helping out at nights with a lot of administering just simple medication. And then we have 28 women that we've hired from the Catherine Hamlin uh, Fistula Hospital in Addis Ababa. So what do they do? They, the, they're the nannies. They're the nannies. The nannies or the cooks or the cleaners. Uh, do, they, do they live in with They you? live in with us. Gosh. And these are women that can't go back to their villages because they have a colostomy or urine bag and they have to live within a certain walking distance of water and medical attention. And if they can't, they have to live at a site. Like there's a... The Fistula Hospital in Addis has a rehabilitation site called Destamenda. So we hire our staff from there to give these women also a purpose in life and because they're quite capable to be productive members of society. What a lovely round, uh, rounded story yeah. that you're able to help these other ladies who are equally disadvantaged. And it, it more came out of um, Shemita wanting to hire women that we knew we could trust and because we had a connection already with the Fistula Hospital, as in Catherine Hamlin was an Australian, um, mm-hmm. we went and spoke to them and they were over the moon and we're actually one of their biggest partners or the biggest partner in Ethiopia with the Hamlin Fistula Hospital. Cathy, earlier on you were talking a little bit about this relationship with the, uh, the Hamlin Fistula work. Can you just uh, f- explain a little bit more about what Karen was saying and the way that you cooperate? Um, the Shemita hires the nannies then from Hamlin Fistula. Yeah. We're also working with them, not just in Ethiopia, but here also in Australia. We're working with them on some uh, partnerships with uh, just products to sell together. Products that um, come from Ethiopia? Some of the products will come from Ethiopia. Some of them will be made here as uh products to just to be fundraising right. uh, practical products as well. Um, so earlier on, Cathy Kendall, you came in with a lovely Hessian <laughs> tote bag. Yes, is, I did. Is that what we're talking about, that kind of That's thing? That's one of the things, yes, indeed. Okay. And so if I wanted to buy one of those... You can go right to the Shemita... Is it on the Shemita website? Not yet, but it will be on the Hamlin 
the, the Ham, Catherine Hamlin Foundation here in Australia is going to have it on their website soon for sale. Um, or you can always send an email to Cathy. Okay. <laughs> or on the Facebook page yeah. as well, yes. on the yes. Shemita Ethiopia Facebook page. So you've got page. creative ways of um, <coughs> collaborating with other organisations, but also of creative ways of raising funds. Yes. Um, the, uh, the tote bag being an example of, yes. of, of one step. Yeah. And part of it is not just raising funds, but because it has Shemita Ethiopia written on it in big letters and do good things and people are out there carrying them around. Do good things and it's being, raising being slogan, awareness, yes. yes. Okay. Raising awareness of what is happening because somebody will ask, What's that? And uh, we're happy to tell them. So going back to the thank you, going back to Shemita, the the, the facility, if we call it that, um, now been going for a few years. What's the relationship like with the local authorities in Addis Ababa? How do they perceive you? Do they perceive you as a nuisance or as a, a, a beneficial service? Do they, do they support you? I think initially they thought that I was just another white Barbie saviour. I'm going to be honest. Mm -hmm. But I've stuck around for five and a half years. They know that I am the only way I'm leaving Ethiopia permanently is in a box. Um, And so they know that I'm there. They know I'm there for the long haul and they're happy to help us. They don't help us financially. They help us um, direct us in different areas and ways that we can, you know, like when we're trying to acquire some land, well, let's put you in touch with these people or these people or so. and, And it's a, you know, we're helping them by helping with some of the children um, but they're also um, they're very that we we help them too with if we have additional things like we have a lot of people in Ethiopia a lot of expats who leave and will donate a, a lot of stuff to us that we just don't need and I don't believe not not that I'm not grateful for it but I just don't believe that if we don't need it we need to pass it on to someone who mm-hmm. can so they'll find us a family who needs a couch or you know we have a lot of older men's clothes that we just don't have the need for so they'll find us street boys that we can give these clothes So you've to. become a bit of a hub for, yeah. <laughs> for people wanting to do good. They de- Exactly. They definitely contact us. We'd, I would say we're one of the first ports of call that the government calls when they need help with something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, you've got the bill, and, and you mentioned the idea of buying, possibly buying land. Yes. You've got a vision for... Vision for a village. A village. For an off-the-grid village, totally self-sustainable. Um, we want a school, a medical clinic, a cafe run by... Um, you know, run by women or disadvantaged women in the community. We want the medical clinic and the school to support the surrounding area, not just the Shemitah children. We also want, you know, a field for growing our own vegetables. We want cows to milk. We want solar or wind or um, hydropower. What, you know, what, what <laughs> wonderful visions you have. Yeah. For, uh, what wonderfully bright visions you have, if you don't mind me saying <laughs> there you so. Go. We're talking <laughs> about Shemida Bright Vision in uh, Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. It's Ian Stewart, it's Rosary Matters. It's a fascinating story. There's more to be told. We're continuing our conversation about uh, Shemida Bright Vision in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. We've learned what it is, the services that it provides, some of the people who work there, and how it's run. Um, so there is a connection between um, Shemida and Barara Rotary. Can you just uh, background that for us, please, Karen? Oh, actually, I'll get probably get Kathy yeah, to on. more talk about that. Okay, uh, Barara Rotary is the sponsoring club for uh, Shemida Bright Vision as a Rorks project, which is Rotary Australia World Community Service. Um, so 
now Shamita is registered through Rorks. I think last time we spoke in February, we were days away from getting final signatures and having that happen. And now uh, Shamita is actually a registered project uh, with Rotary and all funds donated are tax deductible to the for the donor. So this is the significance of, of Rorks, as we call it, is that it's a channel through which people can make a donation to a specific cause, in this case Shamita, um, yes. and it, it's, it's tax deductible. It's tax deductible to the donor, yes. And um, not just that, but also Shamita is, um, has been taken on as a project by Barara Rotary and um, we've hosted some events through the Rotary Club and we're speaking at different Rotary Clubs about it, raising awareness. So Rotary is a good name to have behind you. Good, good. And um, the significance of Barara, of course, is that both Karen and Kathy are Barara girls. Yes, we yeah. are. Your family came from there. Yes. And you've got a gr- great affection for it. And we do. Karen, you've been back in Australia for the last few weeks on I a bit have. of a roadshow talking about Shamita around the country. And um, what's been the response? Uh, and is it making a difference as far as the awareness and hopefully the donations are concerned? I will. Uh, for. For us to be um, a project that's been sponsored by Rorks, that's really been a game changer for us really? over here. It's, yeah. it's amazing. It's amazing what, one, what the Rotary name, it does give us a lot, a, a, you know, Rotary is a big name mm-hmm. and it's being, it's given us a lot of credibility and it's also um, a lot more responsibility yeah. <laughs> as well, but a responsibility that we'll gladly take on. Mm-hmm. So it has been, um, we have been around, we've been to, Brisbane, we've been to Melbourne, we've been to Albury, we've been to a few different places, but definitely the fact that Rotary have taken us on has been a huge factor Mm -hmm. to, you know, and to just simply raising awareness for Shamita. So how can our listeners um, best uh, find out a bit more about Shamita and consider making a financial contribution? We're on social media. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. It's um, Shamita Ethiopia. Okay, just because S H A M I D A, exactly as it's written, Shamida. Shamida, Mm -hmm. Ethiopia, and you will find us there. Follow us on social media. Awareness is half the battle that we fight. Mm -hmm. And then if you feel so inclined, there, you could go to our website and give a donation through the Australian flag, which will then take you straight to the Rotary link. Is there any opportunity at all for people to come to Shamida from Australia and, and volunteer some time? Absolutely. We have on the website, um, we have a volunteer handbook. So it's, a, it's probably a 20-page document just with some, you know, housekeeping rules and things like that and some forms for them to fill out and then they can email them to us. That's all, that email address is also on the form and, you know, it would be fantastic. We'd love to see as many Aussies over there volunteering. And what, what kind of thing could they do? if they, they can do anything. They can help us with accounts. They can help us garden. They can help feed the kids. They can play with the kids. They can help us paint. Right. So, yeah, it, when, when we go back to Ethiopia this time, we're hoping to acquire another, a smaller property so that the women from the fistula hospital that live with us can move in there and that is I would say five rundown sheds put together so you know if anyone's really keen and wants to get on a plane in the next couple of weeks they can come and help us paint and garden and put new roofs on and put fences up and and that's quite close to it's the... about 100 meters from our current location mm-hmm. so yeah so we're pretty excited to hopefully hopefully secure that so your campus is spreading yes it is <laughs> Um, so, uh, Karen and Kathy, I t- took a few moments earlier today to look at the website and I looked at the a wonderful f- video, it's about a three-minute video, um, that uh, profiles 
some of the work that we've been talking about this afternoon, you get a lovely insight into the faces and the smiles and the gratitude of the children who are in the facility, as well as a very practical understanding of, of how it works, where you store things and the and sheer number of nappies and <laughs> garments that are required to keep this health facility going. So I'd encourage your listeners to get onto um, the Shemida website, have a click on that uh, video. You'll see, uh, you'll see Karen um, talking direct to camera and being cuddled almost to death by some <laughs> beautiful little children whose smiles are so infectious. I, I'm just blown away. Um, so... Uh, Karen, um, what next? You've got a um, possibility of these sheds being converted into accommodation for the n- nannies. Um, beyond that, definitely the the village that we want to yep. we want to put together. So we want to either secure land from the government donating it or or, or purchasing it. So we want to secure that land and then get that built and have all these purpose built buildings and a school. You know, it'll be great to have... I, th- I think education is definitely the key mm-hmm. to ending poverty and to changing a lot of things. You know, I don't know who uh, my daughter's biological mother was, but maybe if she was uh, had a, had some sort of education, not even in the formal sense, but in, you know, maybe education in sewing or if she was ill. We don't know who she is. We've done some investigations. Have you? Yeah, but we don't know who she is. But, you know, and I just try and imagine, like, you know, was she really sick and she thought that that would have then been passed on to Ruby too because I only discovered when I moved to Ethiopia that a woman who's pregnant and the, if the woman has HIV, there's only an 18% chance that that child will have HIV. And if she's on medication, that goes down to something like 7%. So possibly so the mother had HIV. HIV. And thought an, that the child would, would have had it yeah. and thought, well, I can't take care of myself, so I will leave this child here. And didn't I, I like to think that the children that, um, that are left on the streets, that the parents just love them too much, that they just didn't know what else to do with them. Right, right. So, so in Ruby's case, I th- recall she was under a bush or something yeah, like that? Yeah, she was left in a bush, and if you touch the bush, it burns you. And she was left in a bush, and a little boy heard, who was farming nearby heard a noise, and he knew it wasn't an am- animal, and he went to explore it and saw Ruby in a bush naked on top of a plastic bag and then ran to find the first adult he could find and brought her back, and her name was Melkitu. And Ruby's, I actually named Ruby Ruby Melkitu. Melkitu. And there's we a, see her. There's a picture of Melkitu on your video. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And thank goodness the little boy um, res- responded the way that he Absolutely. did. Absolutely. Um, and brought uh, brought um, Ruby and, and you, Karen, together. Absolutely. And which has spawned this whole story we've been talking yeah. about, this wonderful project. Um, look, I do applaud the care, the concern, the compassion. Um, that you have brought to this project. I just wish Thank more you. people knew about it. Yes. It is so good. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's partly what we're trying to do, of course. Absolutely. Is to expose Absolutely. This, uh, this, this wonderful work. So I wish you well. Thank you. And um, uh, you, when are you going back? Uh, go back on Tuesday. Yeah. And how yeah. do you actually get to Ethiopia these days? You can fly direct on Ethiopian Airlines or I go, or I go uh, through. Direct from Sydney? Yeah. Uh-huh. From, or... Yeah, no, I think you can. Um, I go through Dubai. I go. I fly on Emirates or Qantas through Dubai, and, and then, then it's only like a three-hour and forty-five-minute flight from Dubai. Right. Okay. So you go across and then drop down. Yes. Down yes. to uh, yeah. down to Addis Ababa. Yes. Wow. Anyway, look again. Uh, many thanks for coming into the studio. Thank you so much um, for, for sharing, us. sharing the story. Um, remember, it, the the website is 
www.shamidaethiopia.com.com or there's Facebook and another social media. Instagram and Twitter. Instagram, Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> very, very up to date. Um, Thank you. So well done. Uh, it's been a great pleasure to have you both in the studio this afternoon. Wish you well, and thank you for coming in and thank sharing you. the story of... Um, thank you for having us. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, Cathy. Thanks, Karen.